Today's guest is Namisha Parekh, who also featured on episode 60 of this podcast when she shared with us about the Narayani Remedies, which actually turned out to be one of our most popular episodes of all time. I am sure that today will be no different as she will be sharing with us about the amazing Banerjee Protocols. Namisha graduated from the College of Practical Homeopathy in the UK in 2003. She specializes in the Narayani Remedies and the Banerjee Protocols, and she runs courses on these as well as other topics in homeopathy. She has written three books, the first one being on the Narayani remedies and two of them on the Banerjee protocols. One is the additional Banerjee protocols and the other one is Materia Medica remedies of the Banerjee protocols. The latter was launched at the Joint American Homeopathic Conference in 2022 in Reston, Virginia. This Materia Medica attempts to explain the use of the carefully chosen remedies in the protocols and the information is limited to the symptoms and spheres of action of these remedies in the Banerjee protocols and some interesting tips have been included. I've had a copy of this book for a couple of months in my clinic and I have to say I really enjoy using it alongside my Banerjee protocols book so the two really complement each other. The complete index and sample page can be seen on the website www.narayaniremedies.com Click on books and scroll down. To purchase the book, you need to register on the website. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, I have the privilege of welcoming back the lovely Namisha Parekh. Welcome, Namisha. Hi, Eugene. Thanks for having me back. This time, I think on a different topic. <laughs> different topic. So I just want to say, I think by the time this episode goes out, it'll probably be around episode 130. And your episode on the Narayani remedies was around 60 somewhere. And it was actually the highest ranking episode out of all my episodes. People love the Narayani remedies. Absolutely love, love them. Now, today we're going to be talking about the Banerjee Protocols. I think just quietly between you and me, we are going to blow a few people's minds today. (laughs) So those that haven't heard about the Banerjee Protocols, this is something else for you to really dive in and expand your mind even more. So I want you to listen to this episode with an open mind. And especially if you're classically trained, just don't immediately discard the information that we're going to be sharing today, because it could you could have a client in your clinic that you are really stuck with. And one of these protocols might just be exactly what they need. Namisha, I'm not going to ask you how you were introduced to homeopathy, because people can go and listen to the other episode that we've done. Let's get straight into how did you discover the Banerjee protocols? Actually, your introduction was going to be my conclusion to fellow homeopaths Uh, (laughs) because I think more and more people are getting aware of the Banerjee protocols. Mm. So you'll have patients coming saying they either ask, are you familiar with the Banerjee protocols or they're looking for someone who practices using them and be open to that. Mm. Just read up a little bit, maybe get the book, the original Banerjee protocol book, and you'll find it's actually a really great place to start your prescription. Mm. And I think we've talked about that previously as well, that it's the modern homeopathy is the layers method and the Banerjee protocols go in the disease layer, the top layer. And I'm going to um, address this a bit later on. Mm. Now, sadly, as both the doctors Banerjee have passed away, the senior doctor Banerjee, Dr. Prasanta in 2018 and Dr. Pratip Banerjee in 2021. 
and they've been a tremendous loss to the homeopathic mm. society. The clinic is now being run by Dr. Pratip's daughter, who actually visited in 2017 with her grandfather. Her name is Isha Banerjee, and she recently qualified as a homeopath. Mm. I have been in touch with her, and she has reassured me that the clinic is running well with the same numbers of patients, like 1,000 to 1,200, because she's got the team, the whole team Mm. still there. Mm. And if you go on their website, if you Google legacy to homeopathy, there's pictures on the link. And the one on the stage is some family members with the dignitaries and the rest is the team. So I think they have at least 15 well-qualified homeopaths Mm. in the team. And that's how she's able to just pick up. Mm. And how did you first discover the protocols? Like when did you first hear, hear about it? enough through the Narayani remedies. I, in 2015, I was, I have a really good friend, uh, Yuko Yabiko, who used to go to Holland to listen to the Banerjee's. Mm. They were hosted by Eval Stoughton at that time. And uh, she kept on bugging me. She used to come to my Narayani remedies seminar. She knew I used to organize seminars and she used to bug me, come and listen to them and maybe have a stand. And I just couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford the price of the seminar, the transport, whatever. So I never went much to my regret. I wish I had gone that time. Mm. But in 2015, she kind of said she wanted to invite them to the UK to do a seminar, but she didn't have the capacity and could we do it jointly? Mm. So I used to visit India a lot and I actually flew out to Calcutta personally to invite them because she wasn't getting much joy with the emails. And that's how it all started. So they did their first ever conference seminar in the UK in 2016, and Yuko and I jointly hosted it. So wow. that was great. We had about 100 homeopaths, and a couple of them actually flew in from Germany and one from US as well. And that year, actually, they were celebrating 150 years of homeopathy in their family, and they were having a big event. And I was invited to this event. But I couldn't make it because I was just finishing a seminar. So a couple of weeks later, I called Dr. Pratip and said, how did it go? He says, well, I didn't because the the chief guest was the then president of India. Wow. uh, Dr. Pranab Mukherjee. Yeah. And uh, he was taking a walk. So this event was on Monday and he was taking a walk in this presidential palace and he had heat stroke. So... He calls them and says to reschedule it. So Dr. Pratip says, we can't cancel it. We have to reschedule it. So he kind of, he, he was quite a joker. He said, I'm standing, I had to stand on the rooftop of our clinic and with a megaphone and say, it's canceled. It's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had hosted about 2000 people. Oh, wow. So then it worked in my favor because they rescheduled it for August and I was able to go. Wow. So I was what was actually, that like? It was amazing. Firstly, I was the only kind of foreigner there uh, because the rest had had scheduled to be there on that Monday, which got cancelled. So it was unfortunate for them. Yeah. And it was really amazing. And they actually played the theme song was in Bengali and it meant a walking to his own beat, which totally described Dr. Prasanta. 
And I actually have the clip that they showed with the background. It's called Legacy to Humanity. So I'll send you a link. Yeah, you can put you it, can put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's not, I looked for it on their website, etc., but it's not been put mm. up. So I thought it'd be nice to share that they gave yes. me a recording of that. And it's professionally done and it gives you a really good background. And was that your first time at the Banerjee Clinic when you went for that celebration? Well, except for inviting them. When Mm. I went to invite them, it was a very short visit, so I didn't sit in. But yeah, so when I went in 2016, after the president's event, I stayed on for about two weeks. And I'd gone on my own, so it was great. No family, no kids, nothing. I had this little hotel I used to go to and go there the whole day. It was Mm -hmm. from nine o'clock to, say, eight in the evening. Because what they had was they have a morning clinic Mm. and that stops at around three. And then they have an evening clinic, which is from six to eight. At that time, the evening clinic was in a different location, which was the original clinic, which was really sick. There were no toilets, nothing. You just (laughs) sat there (laughs) behind the desk and you would have about 300 people coming. Wow. uh, Yeah. So that was the original one. This one, of course, the day clinic is very sophisticated. So when I went back in 2018, they had moved everything to one premises. Okay. So you had homeopaths basically working the whole day. Some of them had shifts. So they would go, but then the evening shift would be covered. Dr. Prasanta actually... I really benefited because he would get in at nine o'clock and the patients would be around 10, 10 o'clock that he started seeing patients. So we would sit together and have a cup of tea and then he would tell me all his stories. And some of them I've heard over and over because he would say them, but it was just great. And I think I used to get quite emotional even when he used to present because my mom was the same age. He was in his eighties and for someone at that age to come, and travel to the UK yes. and just have one day's rest and then just go go for it. Wow. It's just amazing. Mm. So I used to sit with him and maybe ask him some questions about protocols. or And he would share his stories. And his favorite one was how he was born. He, he was doing homeopathy from the time he was born. This didn't make oh. sense. But, but he said, because his father was a homeopath. And he said, I was surrounded by all these homeopaths when I was born. Exactly. So basically, he was. It was from the day he yeah. was born. Work long hours. Yeah. Yeah. They work crazy hours. Did his dad also use the Banerjee protocols or when were the Banerjee protocols? No, they were formalized by, they were formalized by Dr. Prasanta. Okay. And Dr. Prateep. And what sort of drove them to do that? I I think when you, there's the book and I've got it open here. So in the preface, which is on page nine, the Roman numerals, it actually gives the reasons of them putting together these protocols and their aim. And one of the things was that, obviously, like we know, if you have 10 homeopaths, they'll come up with 10 different remedies. Mm. And they wanted to standardize this and have credibility in the science Mm. uh, field. Mm. Because they said, we actually, it's funny because when Dr. Prasanta came in 2017, a friend of mine interviewed him. And I don't think she ever broadcast that interview because he's, you homeopaths are the ones to blame for this bad rap that we've got. Yes. Because you've got no evidence-based documentation. It it Mm. is growing now. And I think that was his big beef with us, that formalize it, do the numbers. Mm. And and one of the things was, it's interesting, and I I like to say that nobody can call themselves experts in Banerjee protocols, except the doctor's Banerjee. Mm. And possibly the 
the people who work who have been working there for 10-15 years. So they are I know there are homeopaths who are very good at marketing themselves, but they're not experts. We can't. I think it's almost an insult yes. to call yourself a, you know, because I've been there, I've seen the kind of effort behind these protocols. It's not just this for this. And that's what's led to my Materia Medica book as well, mm. because I wanted to understand that how did they come up with these things? And of course, when you ask them, they weren't there to teach us homeopathy. They didn't have the time. So mm. the answer would be, it's from my experience, mm. which is true. But um, so the, and the doctors who actually work there, they're all known as doctors because they've undergone five years of training, which includes medical training. Mm. And then they are hired on a three-year basis that they have to be there for at least three years okay. uh, to learn the protocols. Because they they laugh about it, but they basically say, we are told, forget everything you've learned. Mm. Because in India, the homeopathy that's taught is Kentian homeopathy, which stops at the organon form. Mm. Mm. So people are stuck in that. And I think worldwide, that's what's happening. There shouldn't be a divide between classical and practical homeopathy or the mm. practical approach. It's mm. all we are using whatever tools we have. And I think I'm very passionate about saying the patient is the uppermost. Mm, that's what know, I'm criteria. trying to get across with this podcast is just letting us because homeopaths can attack homeopaths. And maybe we can talk a little bit about that too. We, some homeopaths can get on their high horse and say, oh, that's not how you prescribe them. And you know yeah. what? I will put up my hand, Namisha, and say that I was one of those a few years ago. I was like, Narayani remedies, what the? Mm. And Banerjee protocols. Oh my gosh, that's not homeopathy. So I will definitely eat a slice of humble pie and say I used to be there as well, but. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and I'm sure you found that your practice has changed. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. the clients come back and they give you these testimonies of how it's helped them, and it blows your mind. Yeah, mm. yeah. I see this day in and day out when I used to do seminars with different speakers, etc. You mm. would have it's almost heartbreaking because uh, homeopaths would train for four years. They would it would be weekend courses, mm. so they would leave their families and travel far and come, and then they didn't have the confidence to prescribe. So we all, up to recently, I'm doing courses. I'm learning. Oh, I do courses all the time. You have to be open-minded. You have to know what's going on in the community. You have to be Mm open-minded. And so I'll give you an example, just even detoxing. So the Banerjee protocols, they use a kind of blanket detox, Mm -hmm. camphor. So you'll even see it. There's a lot of YouTube videos. The first prescription will be camphor. Okay. Now, yes, you can do that. But if you understand that's the layer they are detoxing, Mm-hmm. You can then incorporate other methods, for example, the Ton Janssen one, which is what I do. Okay. There's, you don't poo-poo these things because people are experts in those fields. So I personally don't just use camphor. Mm-hmm. I use the Ton Janssen detox. Mm-hmm. And then I use the Banerjee protocol. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Do you know because what I'm just... understanding what I'm doing. Do you know what I've just realized is maybe for our listeners that don't know what the Banerjee protocols are, maybe before we start getting too much into the nitty gritty, can you give them like a couple of examples of what a protocol would look like maybe just, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, I have yeah. the book here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now the doctors Banerjee were incredibly humble. Mm. So by their own admission, these protocols were works in progress. Mm. So you would find the senior doctors coming to them mm. and asking them a question if they had a patient and getting their input and vice versa. The doctors would have, uh, a senior homeopath sitting with them mm. and they would then 
ask, give the prescription and then ask them, do you agree with this? Mm. So even though they knew their stuff like in and out, they would defer to them. And Dr. Prasanta always said that this is a science. We are evolving. So, you know, if something's not working, you've got to change it. Mm. And what I'd like to also say in practice is that in the book, let's touch on any protocol. Okay, I, I think I was, I've been looking at hemorrhoids, mm. just as an example for later on for my book. So the hemorrhoids protocol, they have the first line, second line, and third line. And this is described in the book as to what it means. But basically, in the first line, with the experience and research, they found that it covers 80% of the cases. And then if that doesn't work, you have the second line, which covers 20%, and then whatever else. But in practice, what happens is, even though it's a quick consult, the patient will be asked certain questions. Mm. And you could have something from the first line and something from the second line because the practitioner feels that actually fits them better okay. or the frequency is better. So this is, again, they're not set in stone. Mm. And that's where your expertise as a homeopath comes in. So the typical prescription is sulfur 200C, one dose every alternate day. Nux vomica, 30C, one dose daily. Mm. So that's the protocol. And then they have, if it's a very acute condition, they use a combination of sulfur 200C and Britannia 200C in case of acute pain, Mm. which you can get. So they're addressing it at different levels. The one every alternate day is almost like a miasmatic prescription for the sulfur. The Nux Formica is for the daily therapeutic. So in this case, the third line is Esculus. And we'll come to that when I come to my book. Yeah, excellent. Now, what I also wanted to say actually was the name Banerjee Protocols, how that came about. This was mm. another little tidbit that I got from Dr. Prasanta. Yeah. So they were at an international conference presenting their work. They were one of the speakers and uh, the late Dr. Fisher stood up and said, this is not homeopathy. So the host of the conference then asked Dr. Peter politely to sit down and then talked to Dr. Banerjee and said, why don't you rename these protocols? Don't call it homeopathy, uh-huh. call it something else. So that's how the name Banerjee Protocols came yeah. about. And for the listeners who don't know, Dr. Peter Fisher, Fisher was the physician for the Queen for 17 years before he passed away on Ride Your Bike to Work Day and it was run over by a bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was very sad. He was a great guy. So that's yeah. interesting. So that's and, how the name Banerjee Protocols came about. Okay. Yeah. And they call them the people's medicine because the aim was to make it cost-effective for everybody. They, at the clinic, the maximum charge is 1,000 rupees, which is like $10. And that's for doctors Prasanta and Pati. Mm. And the other ones were charged 300 rupees or whatever. It's just very basic charge. They wanted to give the homeopaths a tool where they could make a decent living mm. because there's thousands of homeopaths in India. And you'll find them working in little clinics, either in a room, tied up to a pharmacy mm. or other clinic. And if you're very classical, you can't see more than five or six people and you can't mm. make a living. Mm. So this was the aim that the homeopaths could have a tool to where they could make a decent living. And as I mentioned that 
Dr. Prasanta wanted this kind of, he calls it a ready reckoner. The book is called a ready reckoner. Now, when you look up the meaning of ready reckoner, it means it was used in 1757 as a trader's most useful assistant. But in India, it's used now for real estate because people can lie about the value of the property or etc. So the government has set a minimum price on which real estate transactions are based. And that's called the ready reckoner. Okay. So Dr. Prasanta and Dr. Prateep have said they, this book serves as a ready reckoner to practicing doctors for the treatment of various diseases and aids. So how would you suggest that practitioners use the book? Because I know like in my clinic, when I've given somebody like several remedies and it feels like nothing's worked, then I pull out my banerjee protocols and I'm like, that's it. Just throw one of these protocols there. Or if there's a particular protocol that I know works really well, like I know the hemorrhoid protocol works really well, then I yeah. will use that. So how would you suggest that practitioners use it? Or And also maybe we can start like edging into that part. Like how can home users use the Banerjee protocols? And do you recommend that home users use them? I know home users are using them, you know. What I, I think, so this question about provings comes up. I've seen Facebook groups where a person says, I think I'm proving a remedy. Mm. And I did ask Dr. Prasanta about it. I said, because they repeated so much, what mm. about proving? Now, if we know the basic principle behind provings, what is it? That it's supposed to be a healthy, the provings are supposed to be done on healthy individuals. And there's actually a really good webinar on provings, which I listened to recently, and what's involved in it. It's a lot involved in it. So he says if they're ill, they can't prove the remedy, which makes total sense. So I think in terms of home users, they they need to have some knowledge and they need to know when to stop mm. the remedy, which can get tricky. I think we've been training for years, so I'm not... There are some protocols, yes, that you can immediately use. So I was looking at this and I looked at... I think one of the chronic, you asked if they can be used for any chronic situations. And I looked at the chronic kidney disease. Mm. Now, I feel that if you have markers that you can compare. So for a kidney disease, you look at the urea levels and the creatinine levels. Now, if you are using the protocol or if you don't have any other help and you find the markers are decreasing, then you're on the right track. Exactly. But you need to know that. So you can't be treating anything chronic, which is really going downhill Mm. and not seeing a professional. And I think it's important also to get a diagnosis. Otherwise, you could be just totally barking up the wrong tree. So I think those things are important even for practitioners because we can get so involved with so many symptoms. And if you don't know what we're doing, you could actually be doing damage. I have a lot of confidence in the Banerjee protocols because I've seen how they've been put together. Mm. They're not just being put randomly. And that's why it angers me when people put them down. You don't want to take them on. Don't. You know, it's not part of a school curriculum that you have to use it, right? It's totally optional. So do what you're doing. And if you're happy doing what you're doing. Namisha, you must have very tough skin because you have chosen to write books about the two of the most controversial topics in homeopathy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Narayani remedies and the energy protocols. <laughs> yeah, now, and I'm still standing. I'm still yeah, standing. Yeah, amazing. Actually, so, interestingly enough, this this thing about the book, especially the Materia Medica book, what happened is I just, I think we talked about this briefly before, is that I wanted to know the real meaning of Materia Medica, like how do I express it? 
and uh, it have the meaning somewhere yeah here it says it's a latin term for the body of collected knowledge about the therapeutic properties of any substance used for healing so that was the it was used from the period of the roman empire until the 20th century Mm. materia medica was used and of course now we use it for our materia medica mm. in homeopathy in modern medicine it's now generally been replaced in medical education context by the term pharmacology oh interesting and you know my background is pharmacology yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, whoa i said i guess that stayed with me that curiosity yes. about how substances work mm. and i used to question and then when i couldn't get the answers I started digging into the stuff myself and it's fascinating. I think I personally am not great at materia medica. So I've never really explored remedy relationships etc and in putting this book together I learned a lot and I'm still learning and how important it is so that you don't dismiss some prescription in in ignorance. Mm. And this is actually what's happened with a recent article I came across. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, in homeopathy.com it's an online was magazine. it h hpathy.com was it? Yeah, hpathy. It's a great magazine. There's mm. a lot of work that's put on yeah. put in it. But I was a bit disappointed with this particular article. It's in the August issue. Mm. Yeah, and it I think the title itself is misleading, calling out the Banerjee protocols. The article was revised. So it doesn't make that much sense now <laughs> but it was quite brutal because it's actually if anything I don't even like this concept of calling out other practitioners but maybe that was her aim to to protect the public mm. but then there was there were remarks made about the banerjee protocols and people don't know what they're doing etc cetera, etc cetera, and they don't work no they do work and an interesting kind of piece was i've actually printed it i think have you still got the original article no i haven't printed the whole article it is it's not, no i don't have that original article unfortunately i uh, know <laughs> but she did revise it that's that but one statement that she makes that the first prescription so it was three patients who sent mm. in who she's inherited with a lot of aggravations etc And she said the first patient was given bryonia and rustox to be taken together, which, as we should all know, are opposite remedy. By that I mean, if you're in a bryonia state, rustox will not help you, and if you're in a rustox state, bryonia will not help you. So on that basis alone, I have to raise a red flag. And this is where I feel this article was poorly researched because this person actually. went back and then started watching the banerjee protocol youtube etc after she had written the article mm. and made the corrections but this is also a very close minded statement because when i was putting together the materia medica as i said looked into remedy relationships and bryonia and rustox are collateral remedies they they're complementary remedies and they follow rustox follows bryonia interesting Yeah. Is bryonia so, just for our and, listeners and, usually their bryonia is much worse for the slightest little bit of movement so if the bryonia patient has a headache the tiniest little movement even moving their eyeballs will make the headache worse but a rustox patient is better for movements they might be painful to get started but once they get going the pain gets better yeah so this is this particular 
prescription is from the protocol for rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Now, obviously, you're not going to be lying in bed all the time, not moving, because mm. you're in a Bryonian state. You have to move. So they found that using Rustox 30C and Bryonia 200C alternating every three hours works well. And why? Because you'll see in the text that they complement each other, especially for rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. So they've picked up this little tidbit and incorporated it into the protocols and so we have superficial knowledge based on this. And to see it in print was really aggravating because actually that I was curious as well. How come these two remedies are together? Mm. But then I went and researched it instead of saying that this is a crap protocol because they've spent 150 years over collectively putting these together and have got thousands of patients every day who are getting better with these prescriptions. So who are you and I to say this is a crap protocol? Mm. And that actually really aggravated. <laughs> I can understand why you're so passionate about it because you've been there. You've seen the work and the blood, sweat and tears that they put into this. Yeah, yeah. To just have it discarded willy-nilly like that is, I can understand why you take it personally. <laughs> yeah. Frankly, I'm not one of the three homeopaths named in the <laughs> You're not. not yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. So it's not about that. Another interesting thing that I learned this year actually was I was at the J8C this year. And I met Dr. Arup Bhattacharya, who actually, he researches cancer and he met the Banerjee's, Drs. Banerst, and invited them to the U.S. But this was the first time I actually ever heard of him. He's never been mentioned before this. So it was a bit sad that he's not got the acknowledgement. Mm. Of so he was the one that brought the, the Banerjee's one. to America for the first time? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And he was happy for me to mention that because he's never received a very nice person as well. Mm -hmm. Going back to actually, I went um, 2016 and then I went back in 2018 with a gentleman who wanted to see how the clinic was run and spent uh, two weeks there. And I wanted to say that because I was trained at the College of Practical Homeopathy, I was already prescribing quite a bit along these lines. Mm. Not the same remedies, but after the first time, I had time to go back and go over stuff. I invited them for two seminars. I got to know things better. So I didn't have to spend weeks and weeks, frankly. And it became actually a fun exercise because I would sit with the acutes as well. And then just think in my head, oh, what's the prescription going to be? And it was fun when you guessed it right, of course. And if you didn't, you learned something. Yeah, exactly. So I decided then I had actually met Dr. Prasanta in Germany that same year. He had he was doing a conference there. And then I went back the following year because these the people organizing that conference also specialize in Banerjee protocols, but they have a different approach to it. That's when I put together my first Banerjee book. It's called The Additional Protocols from the Clinic. So what it was, was actually, it was, the aim was just to have something to have at the conference. It just had about 100 copies. What I did was I put together the protocols in alphabetical order. And the ones that I had notes on from the clinic, I put that this is from the clinic. Mm. And if the protocol was in the original Banerjee book, I would just put a reference to that book. I didn't want to rewrite the mm. protocol. Because the aim was to add to the original book, not take away from it. And that's been a huge success. I guess someone posted it somewhere and it's selling to date, which is great. 
Nice. Uh, people are finding it quite useful. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I should probably be a little bit careful mentioning this, but there is there are some Banerjee Protocol Facebook groups as well. So I know home prescribers have taken it upon themselves to <laughs> prescribe yeah, these remedies. Yeah. yeah, I know. And I guess this is where it comes back to the question, should they be prescribing for themselves? I think the aim of the Facebook groups was to share your experiences. But mm. I found, I joined and I left because I found it's just people asking, oh, do you have a protocol for this? Yeah, do you have a protocol yeah. for that? It's a quick um, fix, say. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important that I think we understand what's behind these protocols. And yes, you know, try them, but you can try them. But if it's not working or you're getting worse, please go and see a professional. Yeah, that's where your book, so the Materia Medica Remedies of the Banerjee Protocols that Namisha released. Did you release it this year? Hey. Yeah, at the JHC. At the JHC. I gave myself the deadline because I was going on and on and on. Oh, awesome. I've got a copy right here in my hands. But what's really nice is you explained why the Banerjee's used certain remedies in the protocols. And I think that's really lovely. I love that you have pictures in the book as well. I think that's a big problem with a lot of Materia Medica books, that there's not a picture of the source because... Mm. I am always really surprised when a homeopath doesn't know what a remedy is made from. I interviewed somebody the other day and they mentioned a remedy and I said, oh, this is a remedy made from that. And they didn't know that's what it was made from. Like for me, the first thing that I always learn is what is the remedy made from? It's fine that it's sure. called Cardius Marianus or whatever, but what is that actually made from? Because that gives you so many clues as to what the remedy can help with. And um, so I love that you've got the pictures here of the source and I love that you explain here why they would have used that. Yeah. And also when there is something like coculus, for example, it says here, though not used in the Banerjee clinic for sleep problems, coculus is a big remedy for ailments from loss of sleep. So you explain why these things are here, which is really nice. And it's really easy to read. I like that it's uh, spiral bound, makes it easy to go through because it's quite a thick book. Yeah. And it's you always use lovely quality paper because your Narayani book's got lovely quality paper as well with the spiral bound. Makes it really easy. So what I also actually did was also write which kingdom they are from, but it's a plant kingdom. Oh, because yes, I, I find that. that's a good learning tool as well. I've recently got into a couple of years, the Joshi's mm. um, learning, which is really interesting. And where you talk about the different kingdoms. Mm. And there, there's a lot of information on the plant kingdom because those were readily available. The plants were easy. And again, getting back to provings, one one thing we have to remember is Hanuman did provings on himself. He was the only prover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we can't get too caught up in all this. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But, I hear you, Namisha. As homeopaths are a strange bunch. <laughs> No, aggravation. So I have a recently uh, a patient, I'm sure she's going to be listening to this, but I had this prescription. She's lovely. And I keep in touch with my patients. I have this thing where I have a package and then they can be in touch with me because I want to know what's going on. And she said, oh, I've got this. She had this skin eruption. And uh, what should I do? And I said, just stop all the remedies. Mm. And then she thought about it. We talked. And then she said, I think just before that, because I would always ask, what have you changed? What have you introduced? Mm. She had introduced her herb by herself, a supplement. And she found she was allergic to that. And that's what caused the thing. Uh, Now, you know, you can get really, if you don't have that information, you think it's an aggravation, et cetera. But yes, you will have reaction to the remedies. But if it's done properly, you know, they they aren't aggravations Mm. with the protocols. 
or they are managed, you can manage them. You just stop the prescription mm-hmm. and see what's really going on. Exactly. And, That's what and I was... another thing, actually, the same patient just recently wrote to me because she's on a heart medication. She can't stop. Mm. So we're doing a detox, et cetera. But when she gets itching, she's using Ant Crude 6C, mm. and, which is in the managing protocols. They use it for any itching. So we don't need to really know, repertorize it, et cetera. It just mm. works that it's drug-induced dermatitis. Mm. So any drug that's causing this will, and crude will help with the symptoms. Yeah. Very cool. Namisha, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we finish off? I feel like that time just flew by. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? And maybe if somebody's a little bit hesitant about using the Banerjee protocols or if they want to find out more or what's, what message do you want to get out there for them? I'll just quickly tell you about something from my book, the new book. Yep. It's the remedy Esculus Hippocastan, which is one of the ones that comes to mind for hemorrhoids. And if you now, when we go to our repertories, which is where we look for symptoms, I use Robin Murphy mm. as a materia medica. I love it. He taught us really well when I was studying. He would come down for seminars. Mm. And he used to always say, fix what the person has come for. Yes. And this is actually what the Banerjee protocols do. They are not... You don't need to go and find out whether like hot drinks, et cetera, because you are just treating that layer, what they've come for. And yes, I agree that we're not as busy as the Banerjee, so we should be taking full cases and prescribing at deeper levels when it fit. But so when I went into Robin Murphy's repertory and looked for hemorrhoids, and interestingly enough, it's in the clinical chapter. Mm. So this is, again, where the Banerjee... So you would expect it to be under the rectum check, chapter. Rectum, yeah. Mm. But it said refer to the clinical. So yes, so Robin Murphy also had clinical diagnosis. Mm. So there was a diagnosis and you went with the remedies for that. And yes, you could differentiate between them, but the Banerjee's have done that. I was curious as to why Esculus was not there in their first line protocol. It's actually in the third line. And when I checked, I found in the remedy relationships that uh, Esculus is similar to aloe, colincinia, nux, sulfur, etc. in hemorrhoids. It's useful after nux and sulfur have improved, but failed to cure piles. After colincinia has improved piles, Esculus often cures. And this is from Alan's keynotes. Oh, so that's another yeah. tip actually I got from Dr. Pratip that they, he had his copy of Alan's keynotes and he had so many notes in it. I wish I could have photocopied it. <laughs> so that was one of their favorite material medicals that they used, the Alan keynotes. But of course, they use thousands of books there. If you see the videos, the library is where uh, they normally do the videos and this mm. zillions of books that they've mm. got. And if so if you look at the Banerjee protocol, Nux and Sulfa in the first line, Collinsenia is in the second line and then two sides in the third line. Okay. So it follows what I just said yeah. in terms of remedy relationships oh, from an independent source. Yeah. yeah. Very so cool. I'm hoping that the book would serve to help people learn more about the Banerjee protocols, mm. more about the remedies in there, and just generally about homeopathy, how we need to expand our knowledge and Absolutely. keep expanding. <laughs> And Amisha, we will have it in the show notes, but how can people purchase copies of the Materia Medica of the Remedies of the Banerjee Protocols? We have the website, bythebanerjeeprotocols.com. Bythebanerjeeprotocols.com. Okay. Yeah, we'll put it on there. And, and you've got the additional uh, protocols on there as well, hey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Excellent. Amazing. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for your time today. I always love having a chat with you. And yeah, I hope that a lot of people get these books and give it a try. And our homeopaths open their minds and try these remedies. And the material that you've written really just gives them that extra information. So if they may be like, I already have the Banerjee Protocols book, the one that's from the Banerjee Clinic, and that your material Medica just goes along really nicely along with that one. So if they already have the Banerjee Protocols book from the Banerjee Clinic, then this would be a really good adjunct for them to use. Yeah, I think just a note of caution, I believe there's some kind of false copies being sold on Amazon. So just to be aware of that. Of the Banerjee Protocols Clinic book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have addressed it with Isha and there. I was told that they're looking at the legal aspect of it, but I think it's still going on. So just to be a bit cautious, yeah. I don't think they're in, they have the infrastructure to send the books out themselves. It's yes. a pity because I, I paid over $200 for my Banerjee Protocols really? book from yeah. the clinic. Yeah, I think I got it from America because it's not that readily available. So I can understand yeah. why somebody copied it. It's obviously not on at all. And I think it's being sold for $40. Yeah. Far out. But I would say that if you are using the protocols, get that book and go through each page Yeah, because you can miss yeah. everything's there, you know, the background, etc. Don't skip it because all that is so important. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Nimisha. Thanks I really so much. appreciate you great. sharing this with us. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye.